1: Welcome to episode 80. Ooh, we're narrowing in on that big 100. It's always a big celebration. This is episode 80 of Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona, and I am one of your hosts, Cheryl Todd.
2: And I'm Dan Todd. Today's theme is All in the Family. We have a great lineup of guests. We have Shane Micell of Leopold Optics and multi- Multi-Generation Family Business. We have Rick Travis. He's a program director of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And his passion is for the Second Amendment and the shooting sports is evident through his work with hunters, youth organizations, such as the Boy Scouts, the FFA, and the 4-H and church of Church youth programs, clubs, ranges, and national organizations. Rick is responsible for the development, implementation, and growth of programs designed to meet the needs of gun owners in California. Mm-hmm. We also on the have, front
1: lines. Yes,
2: we also have Jeff Langhorst. He's from Walther Arms, and he's going to be telling us about all the new products and what's going on there.
1: Well, plus azfirearms.com is going to be having a Walther Day. So we're going to be kind of teasing about that a little bit.
2: Awesome. I'm looking forward to that. In our second area, we have Ashley Lundeval. She's part of the Armed and Fabulous panel at the 2017 CPAC. She is a uh, motivational and inspirational speaker, one of the founders of Wyoming Disabled Hunters, a member of the NRA's Disabled Shooting Sports Committee, and a recipient of the 2017 SCI Foundation pathfinder award we also have mandy Devino. mandy is a shooting sports uh, um, enthusiast. enthusiast avid hunter nra instructor and supporter of the 4-h shooting sports program and currently working to bring 4-h to the state of massachusetts which is only one of two states that don't have this program
1: isn't that crazy
2: one of two states yeah
1: yeah there's only and i gotta ask her what's the other state but you know that it's kind of a duh to us right why wouldn't you want to teach kids gun safety? And here, the state of Massachusetts is kind of doing what they can to push back. So I'm, I'm really excited to dig into that.
2: And we also have, I guess we saved this for last, mm-hmm. Maj Trae. He's a founder of Black Guns Matter. He's doing an amazing job uh, getting the community involved in firearms.
1: He really is. And... Another little teaser that AZ Firearms is going to be hosting him for a class in Arizona in early May. So more on that to come. We also have our responsibly armed citizen report and Dan's commentary. All right, today's theme All in the Family. Now I know some of you're thinking of the the old TV show, right? But this is this is a little different. See, Danny and I have spent our years building a family-owned business, and we spend time talking with other families who have, to greater or lesser degrees, successfully passed those businesses down, handed them down, uh, you know, generation after generation. One of our guests today is part of a hundred-year-old company, and they are still going strong. How does that happen? Do you think mothers and fathers just hand over the keys one morning and hope that their son or daughter magically knows how to run the business? Well, I assure you, those who do don't survive to the second and third generation, much less a century or more. But this is what we do with our country. Our republic. We don't teach the Constitution to our children, yet we expect them to carry on something called American values. We scoff and scorn our forefathers, who on college campuses, it's popular these days to refer to as dead white males, or DWM, I believe, if I've got it, if I'm hip enough to use the lingo correctly. It's a derogatory remark. It's intended to embarrass anyone who would ascribe any value to these men who risked everything to help birth our United States. We negate any wisdom they could offer us with a catchy sounding cast-off phrase and by doing so cut off any connection our future generations can possibly feel to freely learn from those who authored our founding documents. What family business could survive that way, much less a nation of millions of people. When our daughter knows how our successes were made and how our failures were survived, right, then it, it helps her in those times of discourse and trouble, discord and trouble. And it gives her a touchstone to look back on when she feels, you know, maybe I've gone adrift here. Let's let's remember how did mom and dad do it. If only we could once again do that for our nation. You know, one of these old dead white guys by the name of George Washington understood the perils we would surely fall into. He knew our human tendency to want to rely on our own youthful brilliance, right? And ignore the strength and the height of the shoulders on which we stand. He said, a primary object should be the education of our youth in the science of government. In a republic, what species of knowledge can be equally important? What duty more pressing than communicating it to those who are the future guardians of the liberties of our country? So the success and the succession of our country and our values really are something to as ronald reagan said fight for defend and hand them down to keep it all in the family dan
2: well you know you're right and when you said how did our daughter how did the daughter think how did we do it well i know how i did it
1: right but um, does she know (laughs)
2: <laughs> well I don't know but I know that my butt would be twice as big because every time something happens a little piece of it goes away you know I don't know it's 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 hard I
1: don't know but, if anybody understands what yeah
2: <laughs> I'm sure that somebody would Takes understand. a chunk out of your yes, hide that's yes, what you're trying a, to say but the um you know I think back in my past, and I don't remember my mom and dad ever discussing with me the constitution what our duties are as Americans and what we need to do mm-hmm. I mean my dad was very strong uh gun rights person but did we get to the core of it? Did we really get down to it? And, you know, that's a conversation I think that every family should have with their kids is, what is our responsibilities as American citizens? Mm-hmm. It's not just to get up and go to work. Mm-hmm. It's to teach. It's to teach ethics to other kids and other people to, to live this dream. We have to fight for it, and we have to
1: work for it. Right.
2: Fortunately, we don't have to go to war to do it right now,
1: but mm-hmm. we do have to fight for it. Mm. So true. All right. Well, we're about to go to commercial, but I also want to be sure that we we let you know we are actually looking for a few good men and women, a few uh, good sponsors, good advertisers, people that are are ready to grow their brand. We want to partner with you. We want to help you get your brand more visible into the, the hands, the ears, and the eyes of more people. And uh, we've actually brought somebody on board to help us with that. His name is Rob Lamb. You could reach him at rob at gunfreedomradio.com and discuss all the different options we have for, for advertisers and sponsorships. And again, it's, it's going to be a pretty narrow field. We're, we're pretty choosy um, about who we, we partner with in any area of our lives. And I, and I just look forward to uh, hearing from, from some of you out there. All right. Also, we have a newsletter. Finally, after all this time, we have a regular newsletter. Be sure you get uh, signed up for that. Reach out to talk at gunfreedomradio.com and ask for your newsletter. All right. Stick around. We have Shane Meisel of Leupold Optics. Now, this company's been around for, I think, like 109 years now. So I'm guessing they've kind of got this uh, family succession plan down to a science. We look forward to talking to him right after this.
3: Can you survive the legal aftermath of self-defense? Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network can give you peace of mind knowing that you have the financial and legal assistance to face this new threat to your liberty, your property, and your good name. Become a member today for just $135 a year. Join Armed Citizens Legal Defense Network today. ArmedCitizensNetwork.com Use the tracking code 15625 or Paul Lathrop.
4: ArmedCitizensNetwork.com
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. Well, you know, we have the pleasure and the honor of, of meeting such incredible people in just being in the firearms business but then with this radio show, where we have a chance to really, you know, kind of get to know people on a deeper level, it's incredible. And, you know, our theme today is All in the Family. Dan and I own three family-owned businesses. And so the, uh, the opportunity to get to speak with someone who is part of a family business like Leupold and Stevens that has been around for more than a century, what an honor. So Shane Meisel is on the line here to talk to us about all things loophole. Are you with us?
5: I am here. Thank you for having me.
1: Oh, this is exciting uh, for us anyway, because you know your family has has done it, right? I mean, no, and I don't. I know that doesn't mean you get to go. Yeah, so we got this down, Pat, and we don't have to think about it anymore. I think each new generation probably brings its own. Um, challenges, should we say? But, but how has your co- your family's company survived for more than a century?
5: Um, well, the the company has has survived for you know over 110 years simply on the will of the the family members and the commitment of the family members to, to make something great. Um, and that's not necessarily making a product great, although we do make great mm-hmm. products and the in the the most reliable rugged rifle scopes in the world. But it's about making a organization, a team, a family that will be around for generations to come. It's actually about leaving a legacy uh, for the next generation, is how the family has sort of always approached uh, their business. And you know, like you say, each generation brings something new. Loopold and Stevens, uh, originally founded as uh, Loopold and Vopel before bringing the Stevens family on, uh, started out as a water measurement device company. When uh, we were measuring the levels of waters and streams and then developing ways to transmit that information over telegraph um, to be able to record what was going on with the rivers and the streams and the reservoirs in in, uh, in the United States. Um, then we got into World War II, and we were learning how to make optics for the Navy uh, to use on their battleships and learning how to do waterproofing. And we actually got into the Marcus Loophole generation, who was the son of our founder, using the learnings from... That the World War II uh, building war effort to make rifle scopes. So, you know, when you talk about what generations bring, it really wasn't until the second generation that we, we got into the rifle scope business, which is obviously what we're known for now.
1: You know, so that is that is interesting too, because not only have you evolved with your product line and how you're serving, uh, you know, the community, but also you know the. Everything else that happens over the course of a 100 years, you know, we we have different generations with different ideas about how to do things and just even how to communicate to the larger community. You know, you guys have been through everything. I mean, it was probably telegraph when when they started, right? And now telephone and now flash forward, we've got all this social media stuff and you guys have to evolve, with that, that's that's a pretty incredible uh, feat. I I hope that your family really understands how how extraordinary uh, you are and your company is.
5: Well, thank you very much, and and you know th- we do. The family is very well aware of of the changes that we've had to go through over the course of uh, you know five generations. We're in our fifth generation of ownership at this point, point. Um, and over time they've set up different uh, different organizations or, or different um, offices to help manage both the growth and the change in the company and the growth and the change within the family. You know, we have our Office of Family Affairs so that is a position here within Loopold and Stevens that manages the business of the family and then helps keep the family organized for the, the types of activities that they're focused on. And then we have our regular Loopold and Stevens staff focused on the business of the business.
1: See that is so smart. <clears throat> Pardon me. You know, we have known so many business owners that, you know, the mom and dad that started out, they're just, you know, killing themselves building this dream. And and they're they're loving what they're doing. So they don't feel like like they're killing themselves, but you know, they've really put in the blood, sweat, and the tears. And then so often second generation comes in, and somehow they've forgotten what they witnessed mom and dad doing. And so they just kind of use the business as their own personal piggy bank. It's like yep. they don't have respect for what has come before. And and then that's the end of the business. It doesn't ever get to the third generation. So um, however, these families that started this were able to instill th- those values into the next generation um, if you have any insight into that I am all ears um, but but it's just huge kudos to them for for having done that
5: yeah and they, they've done a phenomenal job I think one of the the main things is just that the the culture of the family itself is not one of a free ride uh, you know everyone that is a member of either the loophold or the Stevens side has had to earn their own way in life and no one is guaranteed a job at loophole and Stevens Um when they graduate college, they, they have to apply through anything. And, and honestly, when they graduate from college, they're not allowed to work at Loopold and Stevens. They have to go work at another company for about um, four to five years
1: I love to get that. their own
5: experience to understand what it's like to, you know, to, to just to instill that that work ethic. You need to work hard. You're not special um, in terms of of being allowed other privileges that people aren't. You have to earn what you what you get. And I think that's really helped um people re- really helped people not be uh lackadaisical about what they have or family members when they come here to the company mm-hmm. um, but then it also makes them um uh, just just appreciate what everybody's putting in to to this company and and make them appreciative of of what the non-family members who work here you know we have 750 american workers here in wow. beaverton oregon wow and we have about currently three active family members working so there how, is many, a whole how many? How many families? People, uh, three. Only three. Huh. Yeah, we're in the we're in the we're in that sort of time frame where the the fifth generation. I'm sorry, the fourth generation is retiring. Mm-hmm. The fifth generation is just starting to come on. Uh, we do have more members uh, in that fifth generation that are finishing up their fourth and fifth year at other companies. Mm-hmm. So we will we will have some more uh, coming into the the into the Loopold and Stevens business for sure, or I, I'm I'm sure, but uh, at this point, we're in one of those sort of interesting transitionary periods, but it is always made very clear that there is a team of people that are working for their company, mm-hmm. and um, you know their their management, the proper management of the company, is important to 750 families and lives. Yes, and uh, that's something that the generations are taught from a young age.
1: Well, that's incredible, and and I I love all of that. But in addition to you know, the other things that we've talked about, you know, you're, you're transferring from one generation to the other and you're, you're morphing and, and growing with what the, the community needs and what the, your, your customer needs. You are also passing along American values and you even have a new advertisement right now that's called American to the core. So talk to us a little bit about what that's about.
5: Yeah, I mean, that is what we're. You're absolutely right. It's our brand campaign that we're calling American to the Core, but what that is is um, a representation of this idea of relentless performance that is sort of instilled within the company and has been the roots of the company. So, as I said earlier on, we started out as a water measuring device and we're doing other scientific um, equipment, and then we moved into compasses and other outdoor stuff, and then we moved into rifle scopes and. We've added spotting scopes and laser rangefinders and mounts and other sports optic things, but so the product has shifted over time. But the idea that sort of held this company together is um, relentless performance. Never uh, just sort of resting on your laurels. Um, we, we always want to out. We want to outperform everyone, kinda, even ourselves. <laughs> and we feel like that is an American value. That's an American um, sentiment. Is we're always trying to do better. We're always outperforming. You know, when you look at the things that the greatest generation has done and
4: -hmm. what America
5: has done for people all over the world, it's because we don't just accept the status quo. We're always moving forward. And so that's what drives us and so that's what's at our core. And so that's our American to the core. Um, also, you know, we manufacture rifle scopes here in the United States. We've been doing it for over seventy years. And so we wanted to make sure we had that American talking point in that messaging so that people right from the get-go understand oh Loopold is an american manufacturer they have jobs in the u.s they're building in the u.s
1: that's phenomenal and you know i always say that i uh, i'm always competing against my personal best and so i i really appreciate that that's even just built into your company uh so and i i think that that will drive a a person in a company harder than always looking over the fence to see what the Joneses are doing. So, so <laughs> I have a, a huge appreciation for that and And what perfect um timing for for this sort of thing because you know it's as odd as it is. It, it was almost like starting to fall out of favor to to value American values, to feel pride in you know, a made in America product and that sort of thing. And right now there's a whole new resurgence of that. And so I I think that uh, your American to the core is really finding the the perfect moment uh, to surface. So tell us something that we maybe don't know about this company that's been around forever and maybe even you know the the best trivia guy out there that's like, "Oh, I can tell you the middle name of the guy that founded it, like tell us something maybe uh that we wouldn't know.
5: yeah, I don't know, great question. um so I kind of hit on a few of them already that most people don't know. you know, we've been around one hundred and ten years. we're fifth generation family owned. We build here in Beaverton, Oregon. Um, but one of the fun ones i guess i got two for you just in case people don't know so the duplex reticle which is that standard crosshair that everyone is used to seeing on every sort of rifle scope, was actually developed by loophole that was uh, an invention of ours so the ubiquitous reticle everyone's used to seeing or the crosshair was actually a loophole development
0: wow.
5: um, and part of the fun ones that people don't know that used to be made out of um, black widow spider web so we actually had a spider wrangler here in the factory oh my God. that would raise <laughs> black widow spiders and harvest the the web uh,
6: to
5: create those reticles
1: um help wanted
5: <laughs> exactly <laughs> that was a even. hard position to fill i'll bet
1: <laughs> yeah i would not be a taker absolutely no way really and why specifically do you even know why specifically black widow over i don't know brown recluse. Yeah, the, pick one i don't the, know
5: Exactly, they found that the Black Widow Spider web was um strong enough to withstand the impact of recoil of rifles. um It actually had a flexibility to it that would allow it to move uh, with the impact but not break like wow. other webs would
1: Wow. So, help wanted bring your own whip and chair, but they gotta be tiny because black widows are not big. Okay, I'm getting silly now. Well, thank you so much. Tell folks real quick as we wrap up how do they find out more about this American to the Core ad? How do they find out more about your family history? How do they stay on top of what the latest and greatest loopholed optics are? Uh, and and just reach out to your company and 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 find out. Okay, you guys are doing it right. How can I do better? How do they do that?
5: Absolutely, many different ways. They can go to our website loophole They can check out our social media pages. You know, we're loophole optics on Facebook. We're loophole optics on Instagram. We're loophole optics on YouTube. Um, but also, you know, we are an American company here in Oregon. You can call us at one eight hundred loophole. We have our customer service support team here on site. You can talk to us from, I think it's 5 in the morning to 10 at night. We've got people in here answering the phones, and we love talking to people. It it happens all the time. So any way they want to get a hold of us, please try. Please reach out to us.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much, Shane Meisel of Loopold & Stevens. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Bye. All right. Well. That was an awesome way to, to get this whole all-in-the-family show kicked off. And coming up next, we're going to be talking with Rick Travis. Now, Rick is in California. Yeah, I said California. He's on the front lines. He is the Programs Director of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. And he has a passion for for family things, for youth programs, for the 4-H, for the Boy Scouts. So, stick around. We're going to learn a lot about what's going on over there on our West Coast after this.
4: Don Collier here, letting you know that you won't get fool's gold at Potty Gold Auction. They're the genuine article. Potty Gold auctions off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Stop in and see my friends Dan and Cheryl Todd in Avondale, Arizona for some live auction action. Or check them out on the web at potagoldestate.com.
7: Auctions take place the first and third Tuesday of every month and are full of a great mix of antiques, collectibles, jewelry, guns, and coins. Visit our beautiful air-conditioned showroom off the I-10 at Dysart Road at 215 East Western Avenue in historic downtown Avondale. You will find a friendly and knowledgeable staff, comfortable chairs, and we even serve free birthday cake at every auction. Or bid from the comfort of your home at potofgoldestate.com. Don't miss out. Everything is going, going, gone at potofgoldestate.com.
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, the biggest little gun shop in Arizona. (laughs) And I want to dive right in to our next guest, who is Rick Travis. Rick is the program's director of the CRPA, California Rifle and Pistol Association. Rick's passion for the Second Amendment and the shooting sports is evident through his work with hunters, youth organizations such as the Boy Scouts of America, FFA, 4-H, and church youth programs, also clubs, ranges, and national organizations. Rick is responsible for the development, implementation, and growth of programs designed to meet the needs the ever-changing needs, the ever-shrinking needs of (laughs) gun owners in California. Thank you for being with us, Rick.
6: Thank you, Cheryl, for having us.
1: Absolutely. Now, you and I had a chance to meet, uh, and Dan also had a chance to meet, at the SHOT Show this year. And so we went to this beautiful luncheon where a lot of the the different states' organizations came together together. And so, I eventually, I'm going to have everybody on, but I thought, you know, California, you guys are, I mean, really on the forefront uh, of the, taking the brunt of all of these rights restrictors, pulling all their shenanigans, their backdoor tactics, you know, pulling the ground out from underneath our, our gun owners there. And I thought, man, we got to talk to you first, because what happens in one state Am I telling the truth here? It it affects all states. Yes, it moves states. across. <laughs> mm-hmm. So talk to us. What What is going on? Why is there such craziness in California?
6: Well, for one reason, you know, as you said, Cheryl, California is literally ground zero for the left trying to come up with their anti-gun laws. And a lot of the reasons for that that most of the rest of the nation doesn't understand is... You know, the fish and game department was the first one, so everybody else's fish and game codes in the other 49 states were developed off of ours. So, just on the, on the level of hunting in California, the left and all the environmental wacko organizations attack here first because if they can get it changed here, then they go to make legal arguments, as was seen with the remove uh, dogs from bear hunting a couple of years ago. That after they got passed in California, it was immediately involved in 17 other states until it was finally stopped by the good people of Maine, and then we started turning around in other states. So, you know, a lot of people say, well, California is a lost cause, and the nation shouldn't look at it that way. This is where we have to stop the shenanigans. And evidence of why the left loves California is, look what happens. The Obama administration started to leave Washington. They sent their own Eric Holder straight to California to help set up shop here, to fight here and continue their campaign against the Second Amendment here in California. Oh,
1: my goodness. Now, this is the same Eric Holder that, while he was attorney general... He
6: fast and furious. Yep.
1: Yeah. Now, how legal is that? So we're dealing with somebody that's not that concerned about playing by the rules.
6: No, and I'm glad you bring that up because one of the things that we often get criticized by people you know, in the 2A movement outside of California is, How do you guys let these things happen? And a good example is what we unfortunately call Gunmageddon that happened last July. And in one day, as our lobbyist, NRA lobbyist, and a couple other 2A organizations' lobbyists were going through a normal day at the Capitol, about 11 o'clock in the morning, six different bills moved onto the floor that had nothing to do with the Second Amendment, nothing to do with hunting, nothing to do with guns. And they did what was called an emergency gun amendment. One of these had to do with earthquakes. So we obviously weren't watching because there's literally oh, thousands of bills sneaky. in the legislative calendar. That's terrible. They got those passed on a Thursday, and we had sheriffs. We have lots of sheriffs who have the constitutional authority here in California. Well over half of them mm. showed up at the Capitol the next morning to tell the governor to not to sign them. Governor's office opened at 9. By the time he opened the office, they had already been signed. There was zero opportunity for us to stop that.
1: At, how is that possibly okay? And this is what we're talking about. They don't care right. if they play by the rules. They don't. No,
6: because they realize in California, and this is that's happening across the nation, that they can break the law, they can twist the rules, they can manipulate, because our only recourse is litigation, and that takes several years. And their attitude is, by the time we get to court, most people won't care. They will have already given up.
2: Rick, welcome to the show. This is Dan. The thing is, they keep voting for these people that are breaking the law.
6: Well, and part of that is, you know, we have roughly 8 million gun owners in California, but as we talk about, you know, many times when those numbers are thrown out in any state, the vast majority of those gun owners are people that have bought a pistol or shotgun for self-protection, and they leave it inside, and they don't want to come out of the closet and tell anybody they have it. And as a result, they don't show up to the polls to vote, and that's What we're seeing now in California, the good news is after what happened this last year, we have people in every county in California now joining the grassroots effort and starting to fight back and starting to to take on people at the local level because a lot of this stuff starts at the local level. So the good news is, you know, they've basically awakened the, the sleeping dragon. Um, But the the message we want to get out to the rest of the country is we're seeing the same, what we call California phenomena, starting to rear its head in other states where people are complacent. They're just not watching because they think it can't happen there, and it can't.
1: That is one of the fears that we have in Arizona because we have it so good, right? But we only have it so good because we have an organization like yours, the AZCDL here in Arizona, who are at the Capitol every day, and I think they're reading through all the bills just because of exactly what happened on your Thursday. Right. Right? Because they they hide their the, the gun uh, prohibition laws inside of these other bills, and they're fighting for it every day. But, you know, that takes... These people are volunteers over here in Arizona, I assume. Uh, right. You guys work off of volunteer dollars there in California as well? Yes. And so, you know, a lot of times people feel like, well, California is huge, and they've got plenty of money, you know, and so, and it's California, and I live maybe over in Kansas or something, so I don't really have to care, and I can't help them anyway. I, I want to push back on that. And yeah, I no, want to if- say, you can take dollars from anywhere across the nation and use them to save our rights. Am I right? You
6: know, you're absolutely right. One of the things that we have been hitting the pavement with is the Second Amendment movement for some reason, it has allowed itself to become fractionalized. And what I mean by that is, you know, I'll take hunting as an example because you can spread this to any part of the 2 movement. But in hunting, what we experienced over the last five years in bringing a coalition together was initially, you know, you had the people that hunt waterfowl saying, well, what do I care what happens to the people that hunt wild pig? Mm. You know, you had the, the elk hunters going, why do I care about upland game hunters? That's not me. <clears throat> Mm. And we have the same thing in the main line. You know, you have the tactical guys that do three guns. They're like, well, what do I care what happens to somebody that shoots, you know, a SASS match? And the SASS people, well, why do I care about, you know? And it's that whole attitude of it's only about your own little subset that can't be tolerated because we have to look at that attack on any aspect, whether it's ranges, whether it's hunters, whether it's three guns. It doesn't matter if you like it, do it. They're a brother or sister, and you've got to fight back.
2: Rick, I agree with you. With I agree with you 100% on that. You know, if you have a gun, you need to uh, address all the issues and stand for everyone who has a firearm. But right. I want to come back on this other thing because it's still haunting me. You know, you had mentioned that uh, Eric Holder is in California, and Eric Holder did a video many years ago when he still had hair, <laughs> and in that video he said that we have to take our culture and, and remove guns from the culture and yep. not once a year not once every 6 months but every hour of the day we need to remove the culture of guns in the in in the world and so it's not socially acceptable to have firearms in some communities and i see that we do have an uprising coming and people are starting to say i own a firearm
1: and i'm proud but of it i'm
2: proud of it you know and so i think that we have to reverse that strategy and start talking about firearms more in, in a positive way instead of negative. Hey, did you hear about the shooting last week? Right. And say, I went out shooting with my kids, and you should have seen their eyes. They glued, and we could have shot at night, and their eyes were so bright that we could have shot our targets because they're so <laughs> excited. These kind of things. And get their neighbors that aren't familiar with firearms out because I, I've never heard of a person that shot a firearm, if they were, shot, if they were brought up right, you know, start with a small firearm, Right. that didn't accept firearms and enjoy it.
6: I mean, and here's the other part that, that's really deceptive, and I, I talked to you, Cheryl, briefly back in Nevada about this. But, you know, one of the things that we're fighting here in California, and it's it's now being pushed in 22 other states, is this whole subject of rewilding. And it's an innocuous term that no one pays attention to because it sounds very, very colorful, you know, don't you want the deer and the antelope to be able to roam around and play. And, of course, the average American is going to say, well, sure. Right. But what rewilding actually is is a a movement to remove not just the North American game management model that has been so successful that every other continent wants to use to preserve wildlife mm-hmm. and use conservation dollars correctly, but it's designed to pull people completely out of the environment. And one of the things Eric Holder did Along with the, you know, President Obama at the time was this mass number of national monuments mm-hmm. that sounded really good. But what a national monument actually does is remove money from that area of land mm-hmm. that was there presently, and it removes hunting, it removes people being able to have gun ranges, it removes. It's part of Eric Holder's master plan of removing firearms from a, an area of public land, so that eventually people never see it. But also, it moves people from nature where they never see it. And what people don't see, they don't care about. And that's part of the master plan of this. It has absolutely nothing to do with the preservation of our rights or the preservation, for that matter, of wildlife.
2: Sure, make it difficult for people to go hunting and they won't have the interest anymore and they'll drop it.
6: Correct. Yeah. Well, unfortunately,
1: we are out of time. Uh, I want to well, bring you back Thank you for letting me on. be here. Oh, absolutely. I, I want to bring you back on in the future and talk some more about this because all of this... Really does, you know, when we talk about this fractionalization of, well, the hunters of this kind of, of uh, you know, animal doesn't care what happens to a hunter of that kind of animal, that sort of thing. Really, we need to be looking at the, the grand scope and, and the next generation of shooters and the generation after that and the generation after that. Yes, and, we do. and protect that today, right now. Yeah. And how can people reach out, maybe throw a few extra dollars in, in your, uh, maybe in their PayPal account. You got, you know, some, you know, right. 30 bucks or something. Send it on over to uh, the California Rifle and Pistol Association. How would they do that?
6: To go, Just go on to our website at crpa.org. Fantastic.
1: Thank you again. We will definitely ask you back on. Mr. Rick Travis of the California Rifle and Pistol Association. Thank you. Thank you, sir. All right. Well, stick around because we have in studio Mr. Jeff Langhorst. He is with Walther Arms. We're going to talk about all things Walther, including little secret. We're going to have a Walther day coming up at azfirearms.com.
0: Stick around.
4: Be a part of the gold rush and head on down to see my friends at Potty Gold Auctions in Avondale, Arizona. Or check out the auction online at pottygoldestate.com. These folks auction off guns, coins, jewelry, and antiques of every kind. Everything is going, going, gone. So you best hurry and tell them Don Cogger sent you.
1: Welcome back to Gun Freedom Radio, where we engage, we educate, and we inform. We are sponsored by azfirearms.com, your nationwide hometown gun shop. And Dan, do you know what we forgot to tell people? That we are pre-recording today. Oh, we are? (laughs) Yeah,
2: this isn't live. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So oh well that's easy then. I can make some mistakes and we can just we can go, go over it. Go right? back
1: and have Blade clean it up, delete, highlight, delete. Now today when we're sitting in the studio is Wednesday, March 1st. This show will air on Saturday, March 11th. So that's a 10-day span. We always like to kind of qualify that it's pre we're pre-recording because you know sometimes big news stories come up and and maybe we should be mentioning it, and we just wanted to let you know we're we're not ignoring anything, you know, big that came up. Uh, we just uh, it hadn't happened yet. <laughs> we're we're in studio doing a pre-record. So as we're doing this pre-record, we have an in-studio guest. We have Mr. Jeff Langhorst of the Walther Arms Company, Walther Arms Incorporated, and he's going to talk to us about all kinds of things having to do with Walther. But uh, kind of the impetus to, to bring him in is that next week on Saturday, March 18th, Basically, Walther's going to take over AZ Firearms, our little brick and mortar store at 215 East Western Avenue in Avondale, Arizona, and have a Walther Day. Welcome to the show, Jeff.
8: Well, thank you, Cheryl. It's good to be here.
1: This is exciting. Now, before we get to all the details of what Walther Day is, you were telling me off air that you've got, you know, gun metal running through your veins. That's true.
8: I, uh, I grew up in the uh, fine state of Utah. My dad was uh, with Remington Arms Company.
6: Oh, wow. And he made
8: a 30-year career out of that. Uh, he was a New York boy, but uh, took a job with the Remington Arms Company out of the Navy. Uh, it's literally guns, and the firearms industry has been in our family for, forever, as long as I've been alive, anyway.
2: So what did he do at uh, Remington?
8: Uh, he was primarily in sales, field huh. sales. He started out as a field sales representative out of Fresno, California, which is where I was born. And then uh, they had a, uh, a structure where he became a district uh, manager in uh, the Bay Area. And subsequent to that, we, uh, when I was a young boy, we moved to Utah, where he took a regional-type position and uh, covered most of the mountain states. Well,
2: so. you know, there's one thing. We do have one problem, Jeff. Yes, sir. You know, normally when we bring people here to be on our show and they're related to food or something we get food
1: well (laughs) i knew this is where he was going we didn't
2: uh where's our
1: guns at (laughs) hey he brought (laughs) us this fantastic (laughs) walther cap to keep the arizona sun off of our uh our head so 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 what are we going to do on
2: walther day next saturday well you go ahead
8: well we generally what we do is we bring us some goodies out for the for the customers that want to come in and talk about walther maybe they own a walther or they're thinking about buying one and who better to tell the story about uh, the product than the guy that's actually making his living selling them, you know. Right. So uh, we, that's one of the things we do. We try to, if there's uh, any issues which we hopefully don't encounter, we know how to take care of those and, uh, and you know, give, them, give, uh, give the folks a strong uh, uh, confidence to buy. Most people are, when they're looking for a firearm, perhaps the first one, they want a little reassurance that the decision they're making is the correct one. And so that's certainly hopefully what I will accomplish when I'm there.
1: Great. Yeah. That is exciting. So, when they're coming into Walther day on March 18th to azfirearms.com. And they want to talk about the latest and greatest Walther thing, or maybe the history of Walther. Right. Right. Let's talk about that first, because this is the, the theme of our show today is all in the family and Walther didn't just spring up yesterday.
8: No, sir. No, ma'am. I should say, (laughs) (laughs) uh, you know, Walther's I like to refer to as a 130 year old startup. Wow. Because yeah, uh, Carl Walther started his company in 1886 uh, with his uh, son Fritz. Uh, they were making pistols uh, long before uh, Sam Colt and some of the other great names in firearms history were alive and well. So, you know, there there is quite a history there and a, a history of development and uh, and uh, you know, new product uh, introduction, think new ideas and so on. Uh, we Certainly uh, a lot of folks remember the, uh, the famous PPK, mm-hmm. which uh, our friend James Bond, James Bond still, still carries and still packs a PPK. Uh, you know, some of those types of things like that. So there is a history there of development and, and, and first, industry first. Uh, uh, a lot of people don't know that in 97 we introduced the P99, and that was the first production pistol that uh, offered consumers interchangeable backstraps to make the grip fit their hand. Grip's a big thing with the Walther ergonomics a big thing with walther and also our triggers so grips and triggers that's what we like to talk about when we're talking about walther pistols
1: well very cool i did yeah. not realize that they that you guys were 130 years old now right. has this been a success a family succession plan like we were talking about well Leupold, or?
8: there are some books out there that i have not completed uh, reading yet but about the history of the company uh when it left the actual hands of the of the walther family i can't uh, absolutely say mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but uh, the, the company's been in the current owner's hands since uh, the uh, late 80s, I would say. And uh, there, there also, there was some, uh, and a lot of folks kind of lost track of us because we weren't distributing our products on our own. We were actually utilizing uh, the, the Smith & Wesson company to distribute and market oh. our products. And so there still remains... So you
1: play well sure. with others. We
8: do. We That's do. Nice. Actually, we had a pretty nice <laughs> working relationship. They were building our PPK here in the United States up until a couple of years ago. And uh, it's our intention. And uh, we have the facility in place in Arkansas now to produce that product here as soon as we get through some hurdles with the German <laughs> government. But, uh, yeah, no, so we're, we're definitely uh, on a friendly basis. But we we, we felt with the new products we were developing... That we needed to have our own identity and kind of step out from that shadow. So yeah, we're that friendly. Was,
2: that was kind of confusing when you had a Walther, but it was a Smith and Wesson, and kind of, well, what do I do here? How do I get accessories? Right. What? But you know, they. I have uh, some Walther machine guns. They made machine guns back in the day.
8: I'd love to own one of those. Yeah,
2: I have one. <laughs> I have actually have one that's in the box, which I. I it's sitting up high. I love
8: it. <clears throat> I'll give then, you 100 bucks for it <laughs> right now. <laughs> right Side now.
2: For, yeah, for the instruction book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The, uh, the other thing is a, uh, a small caliber twenty five automatics. I, mm-hmm. I collect those, and they're, they're so big a variety. There's so many guns. Everybody thinks Walther is just the uh, PPK, but right. there are so many guns. And you're coming out with a lot of new products now too, right? Yes,
8: we are. I mean, since uh, 2013, <laughs> which is actually the official start date, for Walther Arms Incorporated in Fort Smith, Arkansas, which was a collaboration between the German owners and an American partner. And uh, so that's kind of the, that was the kind of the kickoff. But they were also introducing new products even before then, you know, the PPS. Uh, we can get into some of the nomenclature if you want, but as, as you know, if, if you know our history, there, everything has got a, usually got a P in front of it. Right. And so you got the PPK the PPS the PPQ and so on and can be kind of confusing <clears throat> at times but uh, uh, for our listeners a PP stands for police pistol
1: Gotcha uh, that's and, cool and, yeah because so. some there's we have so many people that are new to the gun industry our listeners were're kind of that middle ground where people like put their toe in the water what is this whole gun thing about right? Mm-hmm. And and it does get confusing sometimes. I, I want I want the James Bond gun we hear, right? Well, is that right. Or I want the, the one that starts with a P, all right. Yeah. And what else? You know, yeah, P P right. what. So is the
2: K stand for Kurtz on the PPK? That's correct. So okay Which, so police pistol Short Kurtz, or short small. Yeah. Yeah. Kurtz is German uh, for small, are you saying? I am not sure, but it is. I know 9mm okay. Kurtz is a 380, so it is a small, probably cool, so. Cool,
1: cool. So, what is this Creed? There is no P in the word Creed, so what is up with that?
8: Quite a departure for us. <laughs> um, actually, uh, Walther Walter saw the need to have a product that was more of an entry level to allow people to uh, uh, experience Walther quality in grip and trigger and so on, but do so at a, at a cost that was less than what they are used to from German made products. So, we introduced the Creed last October, began shipping, and uh, we believe now that we have the best-in-class sub-$400 <clears throat> price point pistol out there on the market. We, we married the, the grip and ergonomics mm-hmm. that we're, we're famous for, mm-hmm. as well as a very smooth double-action trigger. If you've, if you've shot a, a pistol with a hammer on it, a double-action, you generally experience a heavy d- double-action pull followed by a lighter pull, so you're learning two different trigger pulls. The Creed has one trigger pull, first shot the last, very smooth. Uh, everybody that I've had shoot mine loves it; they shoot it well, and so we, I think we've hit the mark
2: in that regard. So. And that's yeah. under four hundred dollars retail. Yes, sir. That's that's great. I mean, yeah. a nice quality gun, and they have a great warranty too, don't they?
8: Yeah, lifetime transferable. So uh, if that person wants to move up to our PPQ someday, you know, they can tr- uh, transfer that pistol to a family member or some or a friend or somewhat someone else, and uh, the, the warranty travels with the pistol. Lifetime. There's
2: not a lot of companies that do that, and I really am excited about that because, you know, even some of the name brand companies, when they discontinue a gun, that's it. You, yeah, can't, you can't get, get parts, parts for it. Yeah, right? Dan's our gunsmith, yeah. so he's so, fighting with that all the time. So right. at least Walter would probably say then, if we don't have the parts, we're going to get you another gun or something, right? Yeah, they're
8: very, pop- they're very uh, 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 aggressive about that. I have an in- inside support guy. That I can talk to and and get uh, uh, instant results for my customers, the customers being the dealers and their their consumer. Uh, And and it's probably, from my industry experience, uh, one of the best, most responsive companies in regards to customer service. Well, Jeff, my
2: problem on the gunsmithing side with Walther, I never get any to repair.
1: He doesn't uh, get to practice you know, I, I don't, you I like know, It's a every, good problem to have, right? Every
2: once in a while, I'll get a, a, a World War II PPK that maybe a spring finally gave up on. But as far as modern Walthers, I don't see any of those. They don't come in because there's nothing wrong with them. That's right. awesome. They work. Right.
1: All right. So we're going to run out of time here in just a second. But when people come out to Walther Day, will they have a chance to, to handle one of these creeds?
8: I will have everything that we make available for them.
1: Fantastic. Yeah. And then there's an opportunity coming up here in Arizona where people could actually maybe fire one.
8: Right. I right? mean, we all buy cars and trucks. Uh, we generally don't buy those until we've driven them, right? Right. So the opportunity exists with the Arizona Game and Fish, uh, their annual expo up at the Ben Avery Range on the 25th and 26th of March, Saturday <coughs> and Sunday, for people to come out and try firearms from all major manufacturers.
1: And they might uh, even get to meet the famous Jeff Langhorst, who is right. on Gun Freedom R- Radio.
8: Right. I mean, I'm, I'm getting ready. I'm going to have to learn how to sign my name right? really we'll fancy, you some like so. Get sharpies. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I, uh, I encourage everybody to come out. That's a very that's a free event for the families. There's a lot of other activities that go along with that. Uh, to kind of highlight all the outdoor activities available to us in Arizona. So Fantastic. come on out, meet us.
1: And and how do people, if they want to do some some research at home, how, where do they go to, to learn more about the, the Walther Company?
8: Well, certainly uh, we have our website, waltherarms.com, but they can also follow us on uh, on uh, Facebook and uh, Instagram. So you we're know, out there.
1: You sure are, and it's uh, waltherarms.com dot com right no spaces no dashes pretty simple this has been fun and i learned i thought i had done my research i thought i knew what we were going to talk about but we we really dived a lot deeper than i expected so thank you so much for uh, for being here and uh we definitely look forward to next week next saturday march 18th walther day at gun freedom uh, no We're Gun Freedom Radio, AZ Firearms, 215 East Western uh, in Avondale, Arizona. And uh, Jeff Langhorst of Walther Arms, thank you for being here with us. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. All right. Well, stick around. We still have another full hour of Gun Freedom Radio with our theme today, All in the Family. Stick around because the guests we have lined up, you don't want to miss them. We've got Ashley Lundvall from Armed and Fabulous. We have Mandy Devino working on a 4-H shooting program in Massachusetts, and we have the Maj Touré, founder of Black Guns Matter. Stick around.
7: When you're working hard to beat debt, you've got to think of creative ways to get your income up. Here's an idea sell some stuff at auction. Start with locally owned and operated potofgoldestate.com. The owners, Dan and Cheryl Todd, have over 60 years of combined experience in selling antiques, collectibles, guns, coins, and jewelry. And over their many years in business, they've earned the trust of thousands of people just like you. Whether you're saving for a rainy day emergency fund or paying down debt,